Welcome to the Blanchard Leader Chat Podcast. Hi, this is Ken Blanchard. We need a new leadership model in business today, one that values both people and results, where leaders see their role as serving instead of being served. In this podcast, my friend and colleague, Chad Gordon, interviews experts who help us explore different aspects of leadership. I know you'll be encouraged and inspired by what you hear and you'll walk away with ideas and insights that will help you be the type of leaders others want to follow. Ready to get started? I'll be back at the end of the interview where I'll share what I've learned and how I'll be putting it into action. Now enjoy this installment of the Blanchard Leader Chat Podcast. Welcome to the Blanchard Leader Chat Podcast. Our guest today is Mike Easley, author of The No O's of Leadership, Aspirations on Being a Leader Worth Following from a 20-Year Journey as a CEO. Mike, welcome to the Leadership Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. It's uh, I'm just thrilled to be here and to have a conversation with you, Chad. You know, we have so many different folks that join the podcast, people that are researchers at at heart, people that um, are prolific book writers, you know, people that are great out on the speaking stage. And then we have really great people like you that have been in it and on the front lines. So 20 years leading organizations, you know, you, you had a lot of different takeaways. What drove you to put pen to paper on this book? Well, you know, first of all, um, you know, the, the idea of the leadership journey um, for me started a long time ago, and I was lucky enough about 22 years ago to get a job at, at a Powder River Energy, which is electric co-op um, in Northeast Wyoming. And um, nine years into that, into that gig, I had the pleasure of um, taking and enrolling in the Ken Blanchard Executive MBA program, and that's where I got to meet Ken and, and the whole Blanchard organization. And... Uh, that's really when when my leadership journey and just my whole um, affect as a leader changed um, was was in 2009 uh, after spending a year with Ken and his team and the the no O's of leadership really that book is, is sort of a um, it's something as I've been you know what Ken tells okay, I think Ken will tell the story that you know leaders are teachers right and so we began uh, Powder River working with my executive staff and my leadership team. And just trying to distill what I thought were leadership successes and failures over over my career, um, kind of came back to those three themes: um, ego, libido, and dinero. And it seemed like um, as I was teaching my team, those things sort of bubbled up, and I began uh, kind of incorporating that into a lot of the talks I gave as I developed um, our our internal leaders in the company. And um, it was just a story that sort of developed organically. And then as I was uh, kind of approaching um, the end of that career, which will be, um, I'll be actually stepping down as CEO on August 1st and uh, going into uh, uh, going into counseling, actually, which is kind of a, you know, that's a whole nother story. <laughs> but uh, I wanted to capture the leadership stories and sort of that essence of what I've learned. I, I, I started Powder River as a first-time CEO, and I've spent 22 years there, um, at, at, you know, in this role at this company, and I just wanted to take what I've learned and those experiences, and maybe pass it on to 
whether, you know, a CEO or even an aspiring leader who hasn't got to that CEO position yet or may never want to give them some things that they could use along the way to help them, you know, be better at, uh, at leadership and better at what they do. And also trying to just spread the, uh, <clears throat> the philosophy and sort of the great lessons that I learned from Ken Blanchard and his team so many years ago. You, you do a really nice job of kind of laying out the, the, the book in a, in a couple of different ways, focusing on self-managing you know, on yourself, interpersonal ability, working with teams, that sort of focus, and then also managing and leading with more of an organizational focus. Let's, let's dive into the book. Let's get, let's get some learnings here. So what did you learn and what, what were some of the big takeaways as it applies to how you, you uh, manage yourself? Well, I, I think the, I would sum it up um, as like, the, the big thing is self-awareness as a leader is huge. And, you know, there are so many ways that's been, you know, I mean, I'm not the first one to say that or even the first one to think of it, um, obviously. But um, to me, as I look back in the journey uh, over the years and something I tried to capture in, in, the, in the No O's book is if you have self-awareness, if you're aware of what your impact is on other people, um, man, that is like, that is to me a gift to your employees. It's a gift to your organization. It's a gift to everybody that comes in contact with you if you have, if you have self-awareness. And so to me, you know, if I was to boil it all down um, to the very essence, having self-awareness and then having empathy is, is huge. And, you know, it seems like we've seen a lot of stuff where, um, you know, the kind of emotional intelligence um, is kind of out there as a as you know one of the one of the um, new old things, but um, those two things, self awareness and empathy, I think if you can develop those um, early in your career, um, whether you're self leading, team leading, or organization leading, those are really things that I think are are hugely important to have. And and there's a reason for that. I mean, they they definitely can bolster you through some of the tough times. So when you think about motivation in particular. Um, you know, it's different, I think, as a CEO. I mean, you're at the very, very top, your motivation, there's there's a lot of different factors that are motivating your day-to-day. How do you define motivation? And and in what ways have you found that you can enhance motivation um, and show up differently at work each day? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. And I can tell you that um, I, I have, first of all, before, I, if I talk motivation, I really can't get far into it, um, Chad, without bringing up um, bringing up the name Susan Fowler. Um, and Susan um, uh, met her early, you know, when I was uh, working with the Blanchard folks so many years ago on the MBA. And the idea of motivation is really under, to me, it's what is, you know, it's intrinsic motivation, both for yourself and how as a leader that you can help your people, you know, maximize their experience at work so that their motivation comes from within and not external. It seems like external motivations um, seem to be short-lived. Um, you know, they may deliver some, you know, some um, immediate kind of results. But as far as having success over time, um, being intrinsically motivated, and and for me, that comes from this idea um, of 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 being a of being a leader that is there to serve. Um, and uh, you know, Ken describes it in so many so many eloquent ways. Uh, on how um, leaders, you know, should are there to serve the organization and not be served by the organization, and uh, 
as I've led a, a team of 100 and 124 to 150, it's kind of varied over the years with our workload. But um, we're a co-ops are not-for-profit member-owned entities, which are kind of unique um, in the business world. They've been around a long time, but they're still sort of unique. Um, and the idea of serving your members um, for us creates this this noble cause, this passionate mission that we have. And so if, as a leader, um, whether you're the CEO of an organization or you're leading yourself or a team, looking at, to me, looking at how can you serve the people around you? How can you serve the people that your organization serves? Um, and using that, I'm coming at leadership um, from a heart of service to me is really the that's where you that's where you have the best motivation the highest quality motivation and the kind of the kind of motivation that that yeah i mean these jobs um all our jobs these days are difficult we're having to work you know do more with less we see that all over the place in every sector of the business and yeah we're going to be tired and yeah we're going to work hard and some days are going to feel um you know better than others and some days are going to feel not so good but if we are pulling our motivation from um, aligning what we're doing to uh, a noble cause, a passionate mission, um, and then doing going about our business to serve others, um, that is really, I think, what um, what's really important. What's been some of the big takeaways in your research and in your findings about um, coming together with <clears throat> And and having some of those interpersonal conversations as you're working to to have others kind of you know follow your lead or or in other other ways take take the lead um, and have more impact in organization. What what have you found to be some of the big factors for success there? Yeah, I, mean, I think you know from if you take a look at what we've done um, at PreCorp, um, first of all is always always be willing to go the extra mile for for other people. Um, and, you know, when we, when we take a look at, um, you know, utilities, especially, it's so easy to be siloed. You have accounting, you have engineering, you know, you have communications, uh, you have operations, you know, people in the field. And there's so many different, so many different aspects that if we're, if, if we're not careful, and this, you know, this translates to other industries as well, um, we find ourselves thinking that, you know, we're sort of unique to ourselves. We have a silo. We don't really go across the lines. And one of the biggest things that we, that biggest successes that we've had is actually doing leadership development um, with our uh, sort of our, our, our leadership, you know, our leaders, our supervisors, our managers, our executives, but um, looking down in the organization, finding people that have an interest and having some, desire to lead is putting all these different people together in the room as far as leadership development. So they, they can develop those, their working relationships uh, way before, um, you know, they maybe they get to the formal leadership positions. And so then what happens is it just becomes a natural in your organization to be cross-functional and, and have efficiencies. And then always growing, you know, for me, it's been, you know, um, I've had executives come up on my team. Um, we've developed them, and some of them uh, went outside the organization to spread their wings and go out and and do great things. And you know, while it hurts when you invest a lot of in training and people, and they go out and they and they you know go on their own for a while, it hurts for a minute. But then you see great things that they can do. It's been really really fun to watch that. 
But the idea of building your team um, and then creating that um, that culture of leadership and development has been um, has been very successful for for our company, and it really created this amazing resilience that we that we saw through COVID. Um, we uh, we had you know obviously just like everybody else, we were impacted with COVID. We had um, you know had to uh, close our offices. We you know we instantly shift a lot of people to working remotely that could. Um, had those challenges. Our members were having challenges. There were also rate increases that were kind of coming down. All this was all coming together at the same time. And um, when we did our employee opinion survey, um, kind of as we were coming through all that stuff, um, our both our employee satisfaction and our member satisfaction continued to be high and, and actually in some of the areas, all-time highs just because we were focusing on on serving each other and um, taking care of you know taking care of each other through um, the times that were difficult and uh, playing you know playing the long game as far as um, keeping our our focus on what we're all about not forgetting who we are um, as a company and and each of us as leaders um, one of the things that has been really powerful in that is um, having our leaders actually do their point, their leadership point of view. <clears throat> and this is one of, uh, one of the things that uh, I learned from Ken uh, Blanchard and his team during the, uh, that MBA program is we all developed and honed our leadership point of view throughout that, uh, throughout that course. And then we were encouraged to deliver that back home. And so I did that. Um, and we've also put that into our program. Uh, for all our leaders, whether you're leading yourself or teams or organizations, knowing yourself as a leader, knowing your influences, understanding, um, you know, that, that you're the average of your eight or 10 closest friends and people and leveraging all that to become um, even more self-aware and empathetic as a leader is huge. You talk about understanding the impact that you have on others. You, you talk about like understanding your weight, you know, the, the, the boat analogy of like, as you pass through, there's, there's ripples that uh, continue after you're long gone. What are some ways that as you've learned that, have you used that, taken that to heart to, to be a better leader? Yeah, well, I um, certainly there's some stories I've mentioned, I've told in the book on that. Um, but one of my, I guess one of the big stories that I think, you know, a big theme is um, making sure as a leader that you, um, you know, when you make a mistake, um, and I've made several, um, that everybody knows, everybody feels that because they see it, um, and that you you basically own your mistakes, you step up and you accept responsibility, um, and that's that's huge because um, you know we're all human and we're all going to have those times where we wish we could have done something different, and hindsight will show us that. So admitting your mistakes, but even more important is um, is as the higher you get into an organization and whether or not it's the CEO or you're leading a team, um, if you're in charge of a team or you're in charge of an organization, uh, I have one of the things that I thought was real important is accepting responsibility when things go wrong, um, whether or not you were directly involved in, you know, in how they went wrong, but accepting that responsibility authentically, not just patronizingly, but accepting that responsibility when things go wrong um, and, you know, when things go right, um, you know, 
spread that credit out. Don't don't soak in it. Um, you know, because it takes a team to get anything done these days. And so, really, I think when when you take a look at understanding your wake, for me, it's really um, apologizing and taking responsibility when you do wrong accepting responsibility when things happen at the team level and go wrong and making sure that, you know, if there is praise <clears throat> and recognition that you quickly pass that on to everybody else on the team, because they all contributed a piece of, to a piece of the, whatever that success might be. One of the most, I think, interesting parts I've seen, and and we can talk in just in the, the context of post post initial COVID. So, you know, we're recording this in the summer of twenty. 22 and is about how teams have changed and about working together has changed. So this necessarily isn't, has to be about virtual, but how are you seeing ways that teams can be more effective and how you can engage teams as a leader when, you know, this is probably the reality now we're not always going to be in the same room. So what what did you find when it applies to that? Yeah. So I guess I I would back up just a minute and and ask the question, what happened, you know? Um, And, and to really understand how things have changed and how te- how leading has changed is we have to remember that um, the co- when COVID hit, to me, it was almost this, this giant game of 52-card pickup. And this wasn't just my company, your company, my state. This was worldwide. And we basically had, a, we had our deck of cards of our values, um, our priorities, um, things that we were holding very, you know, close and that deck of cards was completely thrown into the air in this massive global game of 52 card pickup. And once the cards then hit the hit the deck, we're looking at them and we're picking them back up and we're trying to resort our decks. And maybe what was important um, and the card that was on top maybe wasn't on top anymore. And some of those cards we looked we we looked at them and we kind of said, I don't even need that card. Why did I have that in my deck? And that just kind of went by the wayside. So that's happened with, I think, all of us personally um, and culturally um, and globally. And so when we take a look at how that's changed work, um, you know, I, I mean, I, I hear a sort of the, you know, kind of the two, you know, the two maybe ends of the spectrum is, you know, you have people that have swift have shifted to remote work and, you know, they don't want to come back. And you have people that think if you don't see people face to face, you can never work well together. And, you know, it seems like we are so inclined as humans to always focus on the extremes and kind of argue our point from this position or that position. And we don't spend time in the middle trying to see um, see where all those things overlap. And so really, I think moving forward, um, th- you know, as, as we all try to lead ourselves and lead teams and organizations and sort of where we are today in our world post, you know, the post initial COVID issues is we have to understand that people's values have changed and their priorities have changed. And, you know, they may not go back to where they were, they probably won't, but understanding your people and understanding what those values are and then how those values fit within your organization and also your values, I think is really the key to how we're going to, how we're going to work together. So it really is, leaders being adaptable and, and flexible and and remembering that um, you know the 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 part of our the part of our humanity um, that um, we can really um, harness and you know inspire ourselves is really the fact that if we are if we're doing work um, 
And it doesn't have to be fancy work. I mean, just good work. If we're doing work that we can understand the value of that, that that work has to ourselves and to others, we can create that feeling of cause no matter what it is, whether you're an engineer, whether you're an accountant, um, whether you're a mechanic or a lineman, um, understanding um, how what you're doing um, contributes to the overall um, benefit of those around you is, is hugely important. And if we keep that in mind, whether we're working at home, whether we're working in the office, uh, whatever that aspect may be of where we work, if we remember why it is that we're doing it, and I think that will help us all work better together as teams. And, you know, it's the motivation that we talked about early on um, is, is really huge. Um, external, you know, external drivers, external rewards of motivation. Uh, I think a lot of, a lot of us that had that in our deck of cards uh, pre-COVID, um, I think we're all looking for meaning in our lives and we will be for, you know, we will be as we move forward because our lives got significantly interrupted and lots of people lost, um, lots of people that they loved and knew through that. And um, I just think it's really given us uh, a chance to maybe understand really uh, what we value the most and then try to figure out how we can live those values and use those moving forward. So Mike, when you, when you think about, you know, a lot of what we talked about today, you think about all the research that you've, you've put into this book to help others, those, those people coming in behind you, this legacy that you're leaving behind um, what's the one thing that you'd like our listeners to, to take away from, from our conversation? Yeah. So I think the one thing is, is I think being a leader worth following and, and that's sort of a, you know, a phrase that I've really focused on. It's, it's not an end state. There is not going to be a date where you wake up and say, Hey, I've arrived, you know, here I am. I mean, leadership is really an ongoing process and being, you know, becoming a leader worth following isn't an end state. It is a, it's a process. And if you, if you just take a look at how Ken has gone through the years and what he's done, I mean, he's a great example of, of what that is in that process and how we can continue to give to give to each other, give to our friends and our coworkers um, in all kinds of ways throughout our entire lifespan and career span. So being a leader worth following isn't an end state. It's a process. And as people that aspire to do that, we have to continue to grow every day, a little bit. You don't have to make big improvements, just a bunch of little little improvements every day, each and every day, you know, well, we'll just like maybe it's like, you know, you don't climb to the mountain in one step. It's a bunch of steps that get you there. And I think the mountain of of leadership is one that there's plenty of mountain for us to, to be climbing and yeah. step at a time. One of my favorite analogies about just growth, you know, we're all trying to climb Everest, whatever our Everest is, and we may never reach the peak, but as long as we keep moving forward more than backwards, then we're going to be doing a good job. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, Mike, if, if uh, our listeners want to learn more about you and, and, and check you out, where would you send it? Yeah, I think I would say um, go to my link. I have a LinkedIn page, um, Michael E. Easley on LinkedIn, and then also the No O's of Leadership has its own page as well. And so either one of those two places, love to connect. Um, there's lots of resources um, that are there. Um, and look, you know, if I can be helpful um, through virtually or in person with anybody, um, always look for that opportunity to be helpful and help people on their leadership journey. 
Mike Easley, author of The No O's of Leadership. Thank you so much for being a part of today's episode of the Blanchard Leader Chat Podcast. Thank you very much for having me. And thank you for joining us for today's podcast. If you enjoyed this interview and like to learn more and also help us grow the audience, please subscribe to the Leader Chat Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play, or wherever you're listening. And please share this with your friends. The best way you can help us grow, though, is feedback. As Ken Blanchard says, feedback is the breakfast of champions. So please write us a review if you haven't already. And by the way, this podcast is sponsored by the Ken Blanchard Companies. If you'd like to learn more, there's even a lot of free resources to better yourself and your organization. Go to KenBlanchard.com. You'll find all kinds of free tools and materials to help you and others grow. Thanks again to our guests for joining us today. For now, I have the pleasure of turning it over to Ken Blanchard for his thoughts on what we discussed. Here it is, your final minute with Ken Blanchard. Chad, what a great interview with my buddy, Mike Heasley. As he said, I first met him when he was a student in our Master of Science and Executive Leadership at the University of San Diego over a decade ago. What I love about Mike is he's not only somebody who wants to learn, but he wants to apply what he's learned. And I tell you, uh, you ought to get his book, The No O's of Leadership, Aspirations on Being a Leader Worth Following. That's what he really can say. Are you a leader worth following from a 20-year journey as a CEO? And so he really says a lot uh, there that's really important. And... uh, he says that the key thing in leadership is first self-awareness and empathy and all. And then off of that, then you can start to serve and uh, be, make a difference in people's lives. He said leadership is all about your people and it's all about your customers. It's not about you. So thanks, Mike uh, and Chad. You're not all bad either. But uh, I tell you, I just love your philosophy, Mike, and your energy and your ability to make a difference out there. So God bless.